Hello, good day everybody. Good day. For today's new episode, it's gonna be about being a musician. Yes, it's gonna be about me and the other guys. You know, uh, it began around high school. I thought I'm gonna be, you know, uh, a software engineer, although I'm still I am. Or I'm gonna be the IT guy, the one who fixes computers and everything. Because the the test that I took um, when I was in school, you know, the career test, something, and my stronger, my strongest points is always the IT, the IT section, you know. But in my gut, it says that um, something is you know, wrong. Something is not right, not quite right. Because when the first time I played the guitar, I never thought I'm gonna, you know, be good at it. I mean, I just bought a 1,000, you know, Philippine peso guitar. Probably, roughly around $20, a $20 guitar. And I never, cared, I never cared if it's, you know, trash. I mean, it is really trash. And wood, oh my god. It is just straight up, straight up trash. But I never cared. Oh, the only thing I cared about is playing. And every day I miss that guitar. And that guitar made me who I am today. You know, I didn't have, you know, a great guitar at first. And right now, I mean, yes, I have good guitars right now. But the gear didn't matter to me. What mattered to me is that whenever I play that... Uh, instrument it reminds me of what I can do and what's possible yeah so for the next um, for the next topic it's gonna be the harsh reality of being a musician so it's not easy I'm gonna tell you it's never easy being a musician because number one it, it is not something you're gonna be like be employed it is not a type of you know, your typical corporate job in an office? No, that is super far from the truth. It's more of a, you know, the one, the ones that you watch on YouTube and the ones that you listen on Spotify. Yeah, that's more of the, you know, the reality of being a musician. It's like you're a freelancer, you know. And you do music in your spare time. Well, unless you're in Hollywood and someone is, you know, you're in, you're in a contract with a, with a studio, with a studio or with a director and, or someone hired you as a, probably a film composer or a session musician for recording. But the thing is that, you know, the money is not fixed. It is not something that is, you know, uh, you get paid every month. Sometimes you don't, you don't, you don't even get paid. And you know what's funny about, about you know, being playing music, and because and this still annoys me today. And they ask you to, you know, be play music and record for them for free. Oh my God, I hate that word. I mean. 
come on, man, I didn't study for years and years. I didn't practice for years and years just to play for free. I gotta eat. I gotta pay the. I gotta pay the bills, dude. And they always think that you know. Um, they think that you're, you know, below or you're not that important unless you're Coldplay or Adele or the other pop stars that we always listen to. And that's like super BS. I mean, it doesn't. When I'm not same at them, it doesn't mean I'm. I'm lesser a musician. No, <laughs> that's really unfair. And the one thing that you probably need to do, if you're in this harsh reality of being a musician, is just go on. Don't give up. Just keep moving forward. And probably go for the best. And. Um, This is probably another part of the harsh reality of being a musician. It's the business and the profit. Okay, so people think that there's no business in music. Dude, there's like a lot. A lot, dude. There's a lot of, you know, business aspects in music. For example, branding or the most famous part of business. The business part in music is jingles. The one, the ones that you hear, every commercial that you watch on TV, every thirty seconds, fifteen seconds. Of course, the most expensive one is the sixty sixty seconds. Or they're if if they're brave enough, one minute and thirty seconds. Wow, that's ridiculously expensive. You know. Yeah, that is the one aspect of you know. Of, of music business if you really want a quick buck for for music be a jingle writer because every time they play your music and their commercial you get royalties as long the commercial is always playing it's always playing you always get royalties no matter what unless they broke a contract or they cheat on you or they do some illegal stuff, which it happens. It's not uncommon. It happens. And um, wait, yeah, for example, Spotify. You know, every time you stream their music, they earn like a zero point zero zero cents every stream. That's how low Spotify gives you. You're probably gonna earn more money when your if your music is on. Um, Let's say on Apple Music. Yeah. If it's on Apple Music. And then if it's on like, um, let's say uh, on YouTube, you're not going to earn any buck if you don't have advert ads or advertisement on YouTube. Because it's how YouTube works. And that's how, how they earn money. It is the same thing with Facebook. You know, you're the product. It's because it's free. You never wonder why Facebook is free. I mean, it connects you to others. But why is it um, free, right? It probably means you're the product. What you pay for them is your data. 
That's just the truth, folks. Yeah, I I just told like a a really dark truth about Facebook, <laughs> and it is about music. But yeah, it is part of the it is the same agenda, you know. Yes, for another part of music that for common people that they don't know is that we musicians also learn music theory, and we always practice with our own instruments. Yes, music is not just you, you know, you handle your guitar and just play some chord. We study its, we study, we study its skeleton, you know, even music has a skeleton, has a foundation. We just don't randomly play notes. We know how it works. We know how it's built. We know what to do with it. I mean, if music has no structure, you're probably not gonna understand any music that you're gonna hear. Because it will be as it will be always chaos and disorderly. And if you enroll in a music course or for example if you're in Berkeley and you probably gonna enroll in any music courses, there's gonna be and always be a music theory class. It is, that is very, very important. I mean, it is not a requirement. I mean, I know a lot of famous musicians that, like, they have no idea what the hell is music theory. Probably the most famous is the Beatles. They know how it works by heart. They know how they know how it works by instinct. But they know, but probably they wouldn't know what it's called or. You know, and like, like a, uh, okay, this is the two chord. This is a three minor chord. Or this is the dominant chord. Or the, oh, this is the plagal cadence. You know, they don't speak like that. You know, unless you're a nerd, yes. You're going to speak like that if you're a nerd. But if you're like a, norm, a normal guy, you know, of course you're not going to speak like that. You're going to speak, okay. This is what you're going to do in, you know, in bar four or count. In the in the count of three, this is the chord we're gonna do. Yeah, people normal musician, normal musicians talk like that. But if you're a nerd, you're gonna probably talk something about like, uh, okay, we're gonna do the the two of five. Okay, the two of the two five one progression. Okay, around the dominant chord, we're gonna turn around and begin at the chorus section again. Something like that. You know, if you're if you're a you know a mad music theory god or something and one funny thing about you know learning music theory is that they always say this is not rocket science and if you're a rocket scientist you're gonna say okay class this is not music theory okay and I understood that part at first I struggled a lot with music theory like a lot Hell, I failed an assignment in the class because I was not used to it. I mean, unlike right now, I'm already a master of that subject. But back in the day, my lord, I always get stressed because I, it's like I'm reading a new language. You know, I'm I'm in this new barrier of learning of music. It is probably too. I get the academic part of music, you know. 
But it is just a theory, you know. It is not something you follow strictly. It is not something that is um, that is something like a Bible, you know. If you don't do this, you're going to sin and stuff. No, it's not how it works. It is just, you know, it is what they found and it was this what has been done for for a thousand years. It is basically music theory, you know. It is just the possibilities of music. It is not something like math that you follow a rule and stuff. Yeah, there's some aspects you're going to follow a rule, but not all the time. You know, you don't follow a rule when you play jazz. Jazz is like far from rules. It is like literally the opposite. For classical music, yeah, that's just where you follow the rules. That's why they always sound the same. Yeah, that is the problem of rules in music. Your organs sound the same. But if you broke the rules, that's where your uniqueness comes through. You know. So, the relation of music theory and pop music and others like rock songs, uh, classical jazz, funk, or hip-hop, they all share the same blood. They all share the same mother, you know. It is always and always be music theory that they always that they share. You know, there is no such thing like, oh, this is the rock, this is the rock music theory, this is the hip-hop music theory. That is just a, that is just like a, hip, a hipster way of saying, you know, it's probably like some marketing scheme that they're trying to sell you that is some different music theory. No, it's not. It is all the same. The only difference is that is how they use it. Yes, it's, it is just how they use it, you know. Like, for example, if you know the major scale, you know, every music uses the major scale. It is the mother scale. You know, it is not exclusive to rock, to classical, to jazz. No, it's not. Or let's say if you're gonna use a a major seven chord or a seven flat nine chord, it's not also exclusive to some genre. It's how you use it. It's how you implement the chord, right? So the one thing that I discovered in pop music is that they always share the same chord progression over and over again. And my lord, it is agonizing. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad, but how how the heck you can differentiate from others if you're gonna use the same thing? That's why when I ever hear this G chord, C add nine chord progression, I'm like, is this the song or is it the other song? It's because they share the same DNA. I mean, the melody is gonna be different, but. They're, it confuses people. I mean, it, conf- it didn't even confuses me. Although I'm not saying is, I'm not saying it's that um, it's bad to use the same thing over and over again. But you know, you gotta be creative sometimes, and people will notice it. People will notice if you're gonna same, you're gonna use the same technique, product again over and over again. And that's, I mean, in my drive your fans away or their customers away. I mean, why stick to that 
you know, basic stuff. If there's like new possibilities in music, I'm telling you. Music is like, uh, let's say, I'm not going to say an ocean, but it's more of a, like the universe, like the stars. It's almost infinite. It's almost like there's a lot of possibilities, but people don't utilize it. They don't try to discover it. They always tend to stay the same. It's probably their comfort zone and stuff. Although I'm not saying it's bad, but, you know, it's it's tiring. And um, that's why I don't play music uh, that's around, you know, the, today's billboard, the billboard charts. It's, well, I try to listen to them. I try, you know, being open-minded. I tried. And um, I didn't like, probably I didn't like all of them. They always sound like it's so processed. It doesn't sound authentic. It doesn't sound like real. Or it doesn't sound like you want to dance to this music. I mean, I might I might be wrong. I might be committing a bias right now. Probably I am right now. But I kind of share with other people. With this... Um, with this authenticity thing. That... Um, it's about being uh, being real in playing music like um, I mean play a play a real instrument or you know don't let a computer do the job all the way have some human aspect on it I mean music it's not you know music is not about being perfect. It's like far from the truth. It is about being real. It is about expressing what you truly feel. If it's depression, if it's sadness, if it's happiness or love. That's the goal. You know, it's not about like, playing 300 notes per second. No, 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 no. It's not about that. It's, you know, they... Nowadays, they are treating music like a sport. I mean, it's not... Basketball, you don't need to like run a 100 mile track, or no, it's about expressing yourself. Because this is one song, and uh, you know, I'm pretty sure you know the, the band Nirvana. Most of their music is simple, but yet it is so catchy. And that's the magic. I'm like, wow, how on earth. Kurt Cobain can make music that is so simple yet so catchy. It doesn't get old either. And the way he sang, it is like the it's like the manifestation of his agony and depression. And that's what I like to hear in music. That's what I like to hear about people who express themselves probably in terms of you know probably dancing or art or film acting you know it's always about the um, it's always about the end goal of the the person what do you want to express what do you want to um, to tell the audience you know, what's your story 
So people think that, um, you know, oh, this, this one aspect of music annoys me. Whenever they hear like music from the 19th century, the 18th century, 17th century, or hell, even the, the BC era, they always um, put this label that they're classical music. No, they're not. Classical music is around, if I'm not mistaken, the 1700s and 1800s. Yeah, that's classical music. But if you're on the 19th century or the 20th, it is not classical music anymore. That is what they. That is what we called the romantic music. No, it's not about love and the common meaning romantic. It it's it's about breaking the rules and playing what you feel instead. You know, instead of the strict the stricter version of you know classical music that you always sound galant. You always sound like perfect and romantic. The romantic period of music break that. And as for the 21st and 20th century, this is what we call the contemporary period. It is what we hear today. Especially on probably the best example I'm going to give is, the, is every Marvel movie ever. If you hear the orchestration, yeah, that is like the combination of the 20th century and 19th century. And of course, today's you know, modern taste of music. And if we're gonna hear like from the BC era, like a 1000 BC era of music, it is probably much simpler. It is more of a timbre. It's more of a timbre type of music. It is not, it's more, it's more of an expressing type of music. It's not like, you know, there's this, G chord. This is the, there's this major scale. No, no, no. It's more of a or there's this time signature. No, it's more of like uh, it's more of a call to action, or it's more of a an alarm if there's an enemy or if there is like a, a celebration. Yeah, that is like more of the application of music and. Uh, Um, I hope you, I hope you guys enjoy what I, uh, told you today about music, that, you know, music is not, it's not, it is not this one aspect of, um, this one thing, just quote unquote music. It is more. If you probably have the time to research, probably watch more videos or read more books, you're going to probably discover that there is a lot have it going on in music. You know, I was I was supposed to make another YouTube video for, you know, a history of music, but I'm probably just being lazy. But I was I'm actually planning on it. So yeah. And guys, thank you for you know listening again for this today's episode. And well, have a good day. Thank you.